Welcome to Rolling with Role Models. I'm Jorge Eduardo Mendoza. And I'm Jeremy Hutchinson. In this episode of Rolling with Role Models, we will be chatting with Jordan Takeno. We will talk about what makes Jordan a role model, his hobbies, and dealing with the loss of loved ones due to suicide. Jordan is a third-year veterinary student from The Ohio State University. He was born and raised in the chilled state of Hawaii, very cold place. Jordan dreamed about becoming a veterinarian since an early age, and he attended Washington State University for his undergraduate in biology. So before we start chatting with Jordan, I want to talk about what makes the student doctor Jordan Takeno a role model. I'll start with saying that one of the things that he's the most proud, at least to my knowledge, is that he became an Eagle Scout. Jordan also works extremely hard to do exceptionally well in class. And being a classmate with Jordan, I can attest to that. Jordan, welcome. Are you ready to get into some deep conversations? Yeah, of course. Hi, uh, hi everybody. Um, I'm Jordan. Um, hey, Jorge. Hey, hey Dermot. Um, you know, you, you may think that Jorge Eduardo and I are good friends, you know, and I was going to correct him at first, but he corrected himself. My last name is actually Sakaino. So don't be mistaken, Jorge Eduardo and I are actually really good friends, um, but he did correct himself. So I'll give him a pass on that. So before we start diving in, we wanted to ask you one thing. Growing up, besides wanting to be a veterinarian, um, if you hadn't gone into this realm of this amazing career, what else would you have done? Honestly, that was the hardest thing that I had to think about. Um, I didn't get accepted the first time that I applied to veterinary school. And that was a pretty big shock to me because I thought just, I guess I just thought that with the experience that I would be able to get in my first time. And I really had to think about what I would do if I couldn't get into veterinary school. And honestly, I wasn't really sure at first. Um, thoughts that came up was maybe marine biology. Um, just because in Hawaii, that's kind of something that is a little bit more common and something that I could get a job in. But uh, I honestly didn't really have too much of a backup plan if I didn't get into veterinary school. So just thankful that Ohio State gave me, the, the Ohio State University gave me Can't forget the opportunity. <laughs> Definitely, I, I caught myself on that. So I'm just thankful that... Um, OSU gave me the opportunity to follow my dreams and not have to really think too hard about what I would do if I wasn't in this profession. Kind of kind of a follow-up to that question is, you know, since you do, you have wanted to be a vet for a long time, um, what's, what's driven you to want to be a veterinarian? Well, I think the easiest answer and the answer that I, I always said growing up was because of my dad. Um, he's a veterinarian. He owns his own veterinary practice. And I guess just seeing the respect that he got as a veterinarian, um, how much the community loved him, how much he was able, how many people he was able to help in that field just really drew me to it. Um, I grew up without siblings. I'm an only child. So I pretty much had pets in my life and they're basically my siblings at this point. So I grew up with animals. I grew to love them. Um, so I guess it's just something that was, a field that I just grew up with and I just didn't really see anything else that I could be. We're gonna talk about your hobbies 
uh, hobbies that you had growing up and hobbies that you have that you currently have. We know that sports play a big role in your life. Do you practice any sports right now? Uh, right now, I'm actually getting back into tennis. Um, I tried a bunch of different sports growing up. I tried soccer. Well, I guess not a bunch. I tried soccer and I tried golf. Never really got into either one. Um, and I just happened to find tennis just through a friend. And actually, like all my close friends from back home are pretty much from my old high school tennis team. Um, I just love tennis. It gave me something that I could really work on. And I just fell in love with it from early on. I think the fact that most of my good friends came from my tennis team also makes it very special to me because it's just something that holds that bond with me. Something that I feel like I can actually play. It's one of those sports that you can play when you're older too. So I, can, I feel like it's kind of good in that sense. I'll be able to stay fit even when I'm like 60, maybe 70, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Okay, now you're pushing it, 70. <laughs> I want to bring it back to right now, your current life. Um, you said that you're trying to get back to veterinary or to tennis. Um, how do you deal with that with veterinary school? Um, does it help you want to focus on something other than just being studying? Yeah, um, I just, I think I just stopped playing tennis initially because my friends from high school didn't really want to play. Um, found it again in undergrad. And then once vet school started, I kind of dedicated myself to just studying and I really got away from it. And fortunately, I managed to find another classmate who was also, well, I found a couple of classmates actually who played tennis before. Initially, it was kind of hard to force myself to get out of studying. But I did realize that having things outside of school, especially exercise wise, kind of helped me to get my mind off of studying. And by thinking about, I feel like that by thinking about something other than studying, it kind of helps the material to sink in a little better because I'm not just constantly thinking about it. So I do think that tennis has really helped to just make my make me a more well-rounded individual and not just so focused on studying and doing well in school. I know that you'd like to torture yourself by going to the gym. Again, I did I did go to the gym a lot when I was in undergrad. Um, <laughs> embarrassingly enough, as I think most guys would say when they first go to the gym is because they want to impress girls. <laughs> and nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think most guys initially do that, but um, after a while, when I started doing it, you know, um, I guess I could start should start off by saying um, I always had a pretty high metabolism, so I could just I felt like I could just eat whatever I want and not gain weight, and I actually had trouble gaining weight when I first started w working out. So I started noticing in the past couple of years, maybe with the stress of vet school too, that I was gaining a little bit more weight. And one, my doctor told me that I should start watching it. It's not alarming, but I should at least start considering it. So started getting back into the gym. Um, really didn't get too serious about it. Just tried to stay with it to get some exercise. I guess I did go through a breakup recently and just, you know, like just typical post breakup, you try to work on yourself. So I got back into the gym. I started really training hard at the gym. And I just like the way that it made me feel. Um, 
you know, just kind of like in sports, you feel yourself progressing each time that you go. And I would look in the mirror and, you know, I'd feel a little bit better about myself. So initially, I think it just kind of shifted from doing it to impress other people to doing it because it made me feel better. So I, I think it's just a way for me to get away from the world, de-stress and make myself feel better about myself. We need that for our profession, uh, whether we want it or not. I think that's something that uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, large animals, uh, small animals, and you still need that physical movement. Uh, you can't just be like sitting down in your chair all day. Um, anyways, that's what I thought. But yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, you. I hated you for a whole weekend. <laughs> I mean, I, you can't tell by seeing us. Um, Jorge Eduardo and Dermot are pretty tall, big guys. I'm a pretty yeah. short guy. So I'm, I'm pretty, not going to lie, I'm pretty worried about working with the horses and the cows because I think it's going to take my full body just Jordan, to be able Jordan to Jordan says them. we're big, but we're not that big. <laughs> That's um, um. But aside from that, we also know that you raise shrimp. <laughs> so that's a really interesting hobby. And I think we'd, we'd both love to hear more about how you got into shrimp and what exactly racing shrimp entails. I actually got into aquariums, geez, maybe when I was about 10 years old. My dad actually was really into aquariums um, when I was younger. He would take me to the, he would take me and my mom to the pet stores. Um, he would buy, I don't know if you, you all know, but discus, um, maybe our viewers don't know, but if you look, if you look them up, they're these really nice big fish, but they're really expensive. I was thinking and like he, shot put discus, not not quite yeah. fish. So I'm glad you clarified. Dermot, stay focused, man. We're talking about the fish, <laughs> not the sports now. Yeah, he he used to spend like hundreds of dollars on one fish, and they were beautiful fish. I mean, at that point, at the time, I didn't really, I wasn't into it, so I didn't appreciate them. But he was really dedicated to those fish, and I don't I don't really know how I got into it. Maybe just again seeing my dad just like with veterinary medicine seeing how much he liked it and how cool it was. I got into it and then my obsessive personality took over and I became obsessed with it, which is probably what drove my dad to not like the hobby so much because I had enough tanks to be able to handle the both of us. Okay, let me ask you this for the people that they have no idea about shrimp, and I think that that's 99% of the population. Uh, why are these special? Is it, are you, can you eat this? Well, it's pretty, I've always been interested in, I guess, exotic animals. I guess being from Hawaii, there's so many limitations in terms of what animals we can keep and what we can't keep. So maybe that's why I was always so interested in things that you didn't typically see people have. I just, I was always interested in breeding fish, but with fish, it's hard just because when I would go home for breaks, they typically wouldn't do very well for even like a week being away from home. So that was pretty tough. And then I don't know how I ended up finding these shrimp, but I, they're like, I wish I had pictures to show, but they're these, they're tiny. They're maybe like an inch to two inches at most. And they come in all these different colors. They're like blue, green, purple, black, white. So I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, I mean, most people think aquariums, you have fish, but I thought the shrimp were cool because apparently they don't need to eat a lot because they're just scavengers and you can breed them pretty easily in a tank, 
which were the two things that I thought were perfect. So I was able to, so I tried them out. I was able to go home for breaks, come back. And then I actually end up with more of them than when I left. So I thought that was pretty cool to have in the mainland or sorry, I call it the mainland, but in the continental US, just because I didn't have to worry about it when I went home. What do you breed them for? Are you breeding them for the, for the colors? Um, yeah, mostly like it's like, I guess the best way to describe it is with dogs. Um, eventually people bred dogs to the point where you have so many different types and then you have purebreds, which are just, they're certified. You breed them only with other certified breeds of the same type. And then you have mixes like Labradoodles, <laughs> bugging Labradoodles where you combine two types and then eventually you get something that looks a lot different. So the shrimp is kind of the same. The shrimp sound really awesome. And it's awesome that you have another hobby outside of vet school. Um, and I want to see one of these shrimp shows where people walk their little shrimps around to show them off. Um, Cause I think that would definitely be something cool to see. Um, but now we kind of want to move into the main topic of today's episode and that topic is suicide. Since starting vet school, we've all heard a lot more about suicide, especially in terms of prevention, as the veterinary field has a higher rate of suicide. Um, and what we really want to talk about with you are our personal experiences and what it feels like to lose someone to suicide. And for the listeners out there, I think this is also an important time to mention that if you or any of your loved ones are struggling with any signs of mental illness, and if you are struggling and having suicidal thoughts, then uh, there's always help available. And the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the number for that is 800-273-8255. And if you are struggling at all, we encourage you to please talk to someone and please um, get help. To start this topic, I would like to share a personal story. And this is a story that I had shared with uh, Jordan a while ago um, about a, a former professor that I had. Um, uh, his name is Dr. Thomas, and he was a psychology professor. And he was one of the, in my opinion, coolest guy that knew how to entertain, teach, and get the attention of the students. Um, uh, there was one time that he came into the class saying, did anyone smoke pot this morning? Once he got the attention of students, he connected that into his class uh, while he was going to talk that day. He did that all the time. Really, really entertaining person. Um, he cared about students so much and encouraged me to continue following my dreams. And one day I was notified that he committed suicide. I thought that was a tragic loss. He lost someone that was doing this world better. But regardless, whether you're making uh, this world better in a large quantity like he was doing uh, or a small amount, um, I think that everyone's important and, and they live this, such a big void in our lives. Um, so, uh, Joran, I know that at some point you mentioned that you also went through something like that. And I feel that I, I was connected to 
Dr. Thomas, but your relationship with uh, your experience was even closer than that. Um, so uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about your own experience? Thank you.